0: Welcome to the Red Letter Disciple podcast. My name is Zach Zender. Chris Johnson, my co-host, is going to be joining me in a couple of minutes. Our desire is that this podcast would challenge and inspire you to grow as a disciple wherever you might be, because when we grow as disciples, we give the world a greater, fuller, and truer expression of Jesus. That's going to change the world. We also have a secondary goal. We want to have a lot of fun. We want to have some laughs along the way, not take ourselves too seriously. And today's guest, Eric Bramlett oh man he is going to help us with that (laughs) we've been waiting for this episode for a while eric is the creative arts director at community christian church one of the most influential churches in our nation and so we talked to him as the creative arts director like how do you cultivate creativity ongoing i asked him like what does god think about comedy plus eric is the song parody expert in the christian space um so chris and i try our best at writing a song parody actually about Eric. And so we're going to see who wins the parody battle all that and more today so we're just warming you up you do not want to miss this show today's show is sponsored by red letter living that's right that's our company where we create resources that challenge people of all ages to grow as disciples i want to talk to you today about our newest 40-day challenge forgiving challenge came out just about a year ago and this is a resource to help people truly experience god's freedom Uh, You're actually gonna hear in today's episode from Eric about the power of forgiveness. And so we'd love for you to go on the journey to not only, yes, forgive others, but what would it look like to truly receive God's forgiveness for your life? Pastors, we would love to partner with you for a full-on 40-day church experience. And so as you look at the calendar right now, when this comes out live at least, New Year and Lent are just around the corner. And these are two really great seasons for a 40-day challenge. And so this 40-day challenge dives deep into what is God's forgiveness really like. Because once you're forgiven from God, not only can you be free, but you can help free and forgive others. Can you imagine a church walking in the freedom of Jesus together? So not only learn about God's freedom, but in our 40-day challenges, which we've launched in more than 800 churches, you can grow your small groups by more than 40% using one of these resources. You can bring unity in a divided time the more you focus on Christ and his words, life and habits. And we're gonna provide a turnkey resource. And think about that right now. If you're listening to us the week or two, this comes out, like you're prepping for full on Christmas. And I hope you have a great Christmas Eve celebration, but right around the corner, you got new year and a whole new year doing church. What would it look like for you to go all in on your Christmas experience knowing you've got six weeks of done-for-you materials to start the year with? So if all of that or any of that sounds interesting, you can go to forgivingchallenge.com. Go to forgivingchallenge.com to find out more information. And pastors, if you'd like a free copy of Forgiving Challenge, just email our team, hello at redletterchallenge.com. We'd love to work with you. With all that being said, we got to get to Eric Bramlett and this episode of the Red Letter Disciples. So let's do this. Well, we're going to have a fun one.
1: I had this one circled on my calendar the minute that we booked this next guest. I mean, not saying that all the other podcasts are going to be, you know, average or anything. It's just that this one is the one that I circled. You know, when you're playing a good football team, you circle that one on the calendar. This is the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, that I've had circled for months.
0: Because it features the one and only Eric Bramlett, who is uh, the creative arts director for one of the most influential, powerful churches in our nation, Community Christian Church. And he also is a co-author. He's a husband, a father. And here's what is amazing about Eric. He is the world's greatest mm. parody writer no. in the world he probably wouldn't say that but we're going to say it for him he's the tiger woods of yeah. parody writing there you go and and he's done this many times at exponential conference he kind of came on the show a little bit in season one with dave ferguson because but today,
1: i begged dave ferguson
0: to bring him on <laughs> but today he gets his own episode welcome to the show eric bramley hey we're there he right is
2: you. hey you guys how you doing wow. good and you're on vacation right now. I am. I am super relaxed. You caught me at a really good time. So, uh, yeah, just enjoying uh, enjoying some time away uh, right on Lake Superior in the upper peninsula of Michigan, which most Illinois people think is just Wisconsin, but it's actually Michigan. <laughs>
1: well that's um, good this yeah I, I thought it was wisconsin I, who knew who knew who knew <laughs> right uh, so do you do you do any fishing or what do you do on vacation
2: uh, well occasionally some hiking no uh-huh. real fishing uh, okay. I, I have played golf which nice. is kind of new for me uh, my son-in-law i uh, recently acquired a son-in-law my my oldest daughter got yeah just just (laughs) float in put him in the train uh but uh he loves to golf so anytime he asks that you know do you want to go golfing i try to say yes so i'm trying to get better at golf or at least less absurd at golf uh so i so i did that this week that was fun but just hanging out on the beach, enjoying the stillness of the water and just the beauty is, is a beautiful way for me to just sort of not think about anything. So it's been, awesome. it's been really good. This podcast is also a really good way to not think about too much. So, well, that's why I figured there would be no conflict. I'm like, well, I'm not going to have to think very hard, uh, you know, to be able to hang out with you guys for now. So, you know,
0: I I think that's a compliment. (coughs) Maybe, maybe not. I don't know.
2: Oh, it's definitely a compliment.
0: (laughs) There you go. We're excited to have you. We're uh, at the end of the show. I'm really excited about the end today. The, beginning and the middle is going to be great too but at the end chris and i have written a parody about you mm-hmm. and we want you to kind of hear what we have and give us some guidance and some coaching because you are the ultimate parody writer we've seen your hilarious videos and in person at exponential so i just kind of want to know like how'd you get into the parody writing
2: yeah <laughs> like how did that happen yeah yeah is that a business i don't know if it is i'm, I'm the only employee uh, you know I... Uh, you know, I will say, I mean, you You. thank you so much for your kind words. I, I, I really do appreciate them. I will only deflect enough to say that really, I mean, Weird Al Yankovic is the king. Uh, you know, he's <laughs> That's he's fair. the That's one he's the one. And and I would say I became a Weird Al fan really young. I mean, I I have memories of doing his songs as like lip sync battles in like junior high, uh-huh. uh, so you know with costume changes and all this, you know, so I was I was just all about Weird Al Yankovic, and so when it came to, you know, writing parody songs or write, you know, writing funny songs, like he was he was the the measure, you know, by which you know I I I, I measured everything up against his his expertise.
1: <laughs> what a ruler! Uh, so yeah, uh, oh, I'm done. <laughs> So you have a background in, in theater, uh, you still are active in theater, um, and how did it, I, you might be getting into this later, I'm just curious about how someone with that kind of background, how did you get uh, roped in with Dave, and, and how did it go with the church side? Like right, It seemed right. like maybe you were on a different path, and then some, did something change?
2: That's a, good, that's a good question. I mean, the, the, the shorter story, the, the, the two and a half hour story, I'll, I'll spare you, but the, the, the shorter story is that, you know, throughout my life, uh, I maintained a relationship with God and with the church. Uh, I didn't have any problem with that part of my world. And then I also had this theater part of my world as an actor and then eventually a director, as a writer. I would do sketch comedy in college. That was kind of where some of this short stuff, you know, the, the songs and things like that would show up. Um, but those parts of my life just kind of maintained themselves and continued on. Uh, when I met my wife in college in a theater program, we were amazed to meet each other as Christians. It was like, oh, my gosh, you're, wait, I can tell you're a Christian. And we would have these great conversations and uh, fell in love real quick, got married, and uh, we continued to attend church as a, as a young married couple living in Chicago. Uh, she's an actress, and she would she would work in the city, and, and I would direct plays. And uh, it was really a, a relationship that um, I was able to develop with Steve Petterson, who at the time was the Willow Creek drama director. This was back in the day when Willow was doing sketches every week, the the drama team phenomenon was kind of everywhere in churches, and and he was really the one who encouraged me. You know, like, hey, you know, we're doing this a lot. A lot of other churches might be looking for something like this, and so uh, I think I got a hold of um, uh, the Willow Creek, like like list, the membership list, whatever that, whatever that was. And, and I started sending out my resume to a bunch of different churches and I happened to send one to Dave and that was, you know, 26 years ago. So, and I've been, uh, I've been with Dave for 25 years now uh, as the creative arts director. And uh, it really, really felt like a combination of all of the things that I was learning Uh, a lot of what was happening in the church world at the time in terms of creative arts was geared towards the theatrical, uh, and so it was really just a blend of all the things that I was learning in my theater degrees. I have two theater degrees, which, you know, if you if you have two of them, then you can skip the seminary degree is, is what I've heard. So I was I was
1: going to say you had two theater degrees. So you really didn't want to get a real job is what it came down to. this <laughs>
2: Oh, <for>. wow. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, well, that's the irony is I thought I was getting a real job. You know, I mean, that's 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 the absurd part. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it began a relationship at, for when I first started at community, I thought to myself, this is perfect. What a great day job because I can still mm. do theater yeah. and I can do this and it's related. And it's like having a show every Sunday, you know, just, yeah. a, a you know, storytelling every Sunday and probably over the course of, the, of a two year process, really, where I realized, um, wait a minute, this is, this is actually what you're supposed to be doing for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and so that, that epiphany was, uh, it was encouraging That was good. And it, and it helped me kind of, you know, put down roots and, and make big decisions about our family and where we were going to be and, and continue to tell stories. And, and now I, I really kind of look at the, at the job as, as just kind of like the chief storyteller of, of community Christian, that that's, that's what I get to do. I get to help, uh, tell the story every week. Uh, and we do that through video, we do that through music, we do that through teaching, we do that through uh, interviews and testimony. And so all of these all of these kind of things that, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to, to be able to experiment with over the years are really just all about telling the story. And so that's what I get to do every week. And uh, as far as the parody stuff and the comedy, uh, that was always a part of my life. Comedy was always a part of my life. And uh, it's an important part of our church culture. I mean, when I came into community, it was, you know, the church was seven years old. We had one location that had, you know, two services meeting in a high school. And um, in order to do the, the things and the way in which God has blessed our church over the years, I mean, you really... In my opinion, you can't take yourself too seriously yeah. uh, if you're actually going to to pull some of that stuff off. Right, and if you do start to take yourself too seriously, that's I think when some of the red flags show up, and uh, you know the the pride goeth before a fall kind of yeah. thing. And so, so comedy is a great way to kind of keep yourself in check, and um, and it's a huge relatable piece for people who are skeptical of, of faith. Um, because if you can make fun of yourself, if you can poke fun at things, uh, it helps people understand that, okay, they they understand this world. They're not living in this sort of bubble where things aren't funny because they're so serious. Cause they're so spiritual. Um, you know, they can actually look at the world and enjoy it. Um, and so, and, and there's lots of strategy why, you know, I think comedy is, is super important in church life. Um, you know, it's, it's people walk into church with so many defenses, uh, they're, you know, they're just, you know, they've had some kind of experience in the past and it, and and so when they come in, uh, you know, to be able to, to knock those defenses off to, to kind of jar them a little bit, you know, uh. And comedy has a way of doing that. And so, so it's, a, it's been a huge part of, of uh, you know, how we've kind of moved over the years. And, and the parodies are a natural you know, kind of expression of that.
0: What do you think Like God thinks of comedy? Uh, do you think that there because uh, I feel like there's some people out there that have this view of God that's like, so holy and distant and that uh, maybe he's not into it. But I, I'd love to hear your perspective. Like, What do you think God thinks of just comedy in general?
2: That's a great question. Um, I think, I think God loves to laugh and I think that joy, like when we read about joy in the Bible, I think sometimes we don't think about laughter. Uh, we think about, um, I don't know what we think about. We think about the musical hair and everybody kind of, you know, dancing in the, in the fields and, and that that's somehow joy. And, and, uh, you know, so I, I think that, um, I think that God loves to laugh. And I think that he enjoys like enjoying each other. Laughter is a part of that. Now the hard part, and I don't know theologically if this has to do with the fall or if this has to do with, you know, just man screwing it up. But I mean, the hardest part about comedy, I mean, one of the things that I learned in my adventures in comedy is that comedy is all, always at the expense of someone. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the, the most difficult part for sort of a an yeah. evangelical kind of mindset, where it's like, well, we can't, it's not Christian to make fun of anyone. Um, and, so be, and so therefore, you can't do comedy, because all comedy is at the expense of someone. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I think that's part of the danger. And and comedy, like anything else, has I think it, it there are certainly places where you can go too far where you no, can yeah. you know step on toes and where you can <laughs> you know do things that maybe God wouldn't laugh at. Uh, but I think I think that in general, uh, laughter and comedy, I feel like is is more closely linked to to the joy of our salvation than probably uh, most most people think of it.
0: I think of, you know, the phrase, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And like, it feels like people sing, where like people sink down in my heart. Like it's like a negative thing. No, it's like joy. It's exciting. And I think sometimes in the church, we can get that wrong. And even the word, the word happy, like that God, that we come into, we share in our master's happiness and laughter and praise and glad and merriment. Like all these words are just constantly used throughout the Bible. And I think comedy is such a beautiful way uh, to bring about that. Like you said, it, it is at the expense of someone, but if we're not taking ourselves too seriously, <laughs> and we understand our own brokenness and Christ's grace in that that's something we can kind of laugh at like that yeah the devil thought he was going to end me but Christ's grace is bigger and now i can look at things in my past that might have been sad and depressing but turned by the grace of god are, are something i can you know even even laugh at uh, at, at times in my life so
1: it's funny we write a lot we do a lot of comedy skits uh you know for facebook and youtube and things like that for the last 19 years we've been doing funny skits and i guess the the, it's it's kind of funny like in the first couple days you'll get like a thousand views or something and then your sermon got 200 views and you're like ah crap (laughs) (laughs) oh man the comedy stuff is killing the sermons
2: maybe not so much (laughs) yeah maybe 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 you put some of the comedy in the sermons. What?
0: You know? What? I, I you
1: talking about chief storyteller.
0: That's crazy talk, uh, Eric. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I want to. Yeah, I'm curious. Like a couple questions on the theater acting world that you come from. Which, uh,
1: by the way, not to interrupt, but I did the same thing in college. I'm going to interrupt. Uh, <laughs> I did the same thing in college, and it, it, that is not exactly like a hotbed. Of evangelicalism, uh, the theater classes, and so, like, it was interesting what you said. You are like, "Hey, I saw another girl; she's Christian. I am Christian. We're the only two Christians in this whole group. We should get married. Let's do it!" Right, and and that's that's
0: where where my question's coming from. Is like, I don't feel like that that the acting community or the acting world uh, that that's synonymous with it. And so, like, I am curious. Like, being there, what what are those in the acting community like? What do they think about? the church and what do they think about those that follow jesus good question
2: yeah well i mean they're not huge fans i can tell you that right right um you know it's interesting i when when i was in grad school i was confident enough about who i was and what i thought about things that um that i was able to share my faith and i had relationships with people and was able to try to bless them before i knew. That our church's acronym of B-L-E-S-S, you know, I would just, we, you know, just be a person who wanted to, you know, kind of be salt and light as best as humanly possible in these circumstances. And, uh, and I had great relationships with people who didn't follow Jesus, who didn't really understand church, collaborated with them, wrote, wrote shows together, had lots of great discussions. When I took the job, Uh, At community, it was shortly, it was maybe a couple years after grad school. And I remember some of my friends, you know, hearing about it, we would talk about it and they would say, um, Boy, Eric, that just sounds like that's perfect for you. Mm -hmm. And um, that really felt great because that felt like, okay, they don't look at that as inconsistent. They don't look at it as, you know, hypocritical or anything. They just say, Oh, that seems to fit. Um, Now, Prior to working at the church, I would direct plays in Chicago and all, all across the country, and that was kind of my thing. Was I'm a director? When I started working at the church, um, I continued to direct in the city, and I remember like the first, the first show that I directed while working at the church was a show called Children of Eden in Chicago, and it's actually a two act musical that's based on the old Testament. The first act is all about Adam and Eve. And the second act is all about Noah and the flood. And when I came in, there were many, there were many people there who already knew me. And so we just continued our relationship, but any of the people who I was meeting for the very first time, all of a sudden I was a guy, I was some pastor guy Uh who worked at a church and they were very skeptical. Uh And I had, a lot of work to do to kind of, and especially because we were doing a show that was based on the Bible. So, I mean, there were a lot of ways in which this was kind of like stacked up against me, and right. and I would say, I would say, whatever defenses, whatever defenses are out there that um, that might keep you know your typical suburban family, you know, the father of of you know. F- five and they're all little kids and they're starting to ask about church and they're like oh crap we got to go to church uh whatever the defenses are of that person as they're walking into the space um probably a a theater artist has maybe five times more uh defensiveness um they've been told and and you know what it uh it it is frustrating i can get on a soapbox about it because part of it is that that they are creative and and they are so close to the spark of creation that comes from a relationship with jesus like they're 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 so they're actively participating in creation every day and so so they see it they probably see it faster uh than um than maybe that other fictional, you know, dad and house, house husband that I was referencing. Uh, But the the challenge is that they've seen it, but they've redefined it. And so they've, they've, they've taken God out of the equation. And Mm -hmm. so they've let all of these things that, that I think are really tied to who God is in terms of him giving us a spirit of creativity and a spirit of creation. Uh, And, and, And they have those things, but they're they're accessing them, but they're not accessing them from the source.
1: Well, one of the interesting things you said was that, you know, you the first time you're directing, you're known as the the pastor guy uh, and and you're going to be directing after you get the job at the church. And let's be honest, uh, Christians have put some really terrible shows on the small screen and the big screen. I mean, it, it, there's been a lot of junk that we've thrown on the screen, uh, so I wonder if that's part of it too. Oh gosh, yeah, can he even have any talent? You know,
2: oh, oh for sure, it's like, it's for like sure. Your class
1: has been negated by your current. And did you ever have after that? Uh, do you still direct today? Uh, any plays in Chicago or, or or not? Not yeah, you are in Chicago, right? Yeah, Chicago.
2: Yeah, so um, I still have a relationship with Porchlight uh, Music Theater, which is the theater company that I helped found uh, twenty seven years ago, twenty eight oh, years wow. ago. Wow! Okay, and uh, and so I serve as an artistic associate there. That's really at this point, it's a it's a very it's a courtesy title. It means that I get to come to the opening nights and have a glass of wine, and yeah. uh, everyone says, "Oh my gosh," because I directed the very first show of Porchlight Theater, and so there's all this like sort of nostalgia and, and they Very kind of cool. trot me out and I, yeah. and I get to, you know, wave and, and you say, hi, get trotted out. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Sometimes it's a, That's it's nice. like a forklift, you know, if I, you know <laughs> depending on how many glasses of wine, yeah, but, of course. um, but, uh, but I do, I do stay active theatrically. Uh, my brother and I, uh, produce, I produce and he directs a Christmas musical that we do through community Christian church. Every, every Christmas, it's called Let It Be Christmas, and it's the story of Christmas told through the music of the Beatles. And so, uh, so every year we, we stage that show, and, so, uh, and it's a huge outreach. I mean, most of the people who come are from the community, uh, and, it, and it becomes a great sort of secondary first door. Uh, to uh, to people experiencing our church and our building, and and uh, awesome. and it's a lot of fun. We've done that every year for fifteen
0: years now. Eric, you said earlier that those in the acting community might have f- sort of five times the defenses up than a normal everyday suburban family. Can you explain like why was there is there something? And I know everybody's story is different, um, but is there something that collectively churches or disciples have done that have raised that many fences up uh, towards someone in the acting community? I can answer this. Everything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to single any, any particular thing out, but I mean, I would say any kind of connection to politics uh, has become suspect. And so I think that's a part of the defenses. I think the way that the, 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 the big C church uh, in America, evangelicals, have treated the LGBTQ plus conversation over the years has led to just a ton of suspicion and distrust, um, and so what what gets perceived is is kind of an overall lack of empathy and a lack of understanding. You know, to be able to say you don't understand me, um, you know, and I think that I think that probably in general the church's target audience hasn't been the fringe uh, artist uh there's mm. not there's not a whole lot of obvious gains mm-hmm. um and in that respect you know it's kind of like we we have a society right now that doesn't really have like an apprenticeship model when it comes to artists mm. you know yeah we don't have we don't have that idea of benefactors you know kind of yeah. circling around and taking care of artists and so uh you know, even, even the church, historically, the church has been pro art, uh, you know, but um, probably in the last, you know, like the American church, maybe not nearly as much. And I think that's, that's part of the revolution that was trying to happen with, I think, the seeker sensitive movement. Uh, It was not just about, it was not just about the audience. It was, wasn't just about the seeker. It was also about, um, you know, being able to bring up the arts and be able to say, you know, the artists are the voice, you know, the the artists are our modern day prophets. If we'll allow them, uh, yeah. you know, the stage to be able to speak, you know, uh, and um, you know, it's, it's hard, it's hard for some of them to imagine that they would be given that platform. Yeah.
0: I, I, so much in there that I think is important for us. And again, every story is different. Every story is unique, but I heard several things kind of collectively that I would, I would agree with all of them, uh, that the collective C church, but also disciples, whenever we make it about anything other than Jesus, and we make it more about politics than Jesus, that that's never a good thing when we don't know how to enter into healthy conversations with uh, the LGBTQ community. And we've we had a great episode earlier in this season with Mark Schultz. If you're looking for answers there, like that's hugely important. And and also remembering, yeah, Jesus did come. uh, For whatever reason, the acting community might feel like they're on the fringe. And and Jesus came for those that are on the fringe, those that are different, those that... And I I also think that, yeah, if, if the creative person, I agree with you, like, they're so, we're all creative, we're all from the creator. And and so they're so close if they got it right. And so I want to go there, but I want to kind of back up with this question and and, and tell you a little bit, like, because I'm curious, like how someone in your position stays creative. And and the reason why why I'm asking is because like, I think words are really important. And, And there was a time when I was at seminary where I was told from a professor, I think in a writing project that I wasn't creative enough. And, and like that stuck with me as a person, as a writer. And like, I think I bought into that life for a really long time. And, and years later, I still remember that. And I, I voiced that to someone else. And they were like, Zach, that is one of the most ridiculous things that i've ever heard because you might be one of the most creative people i know
1: well when he loses it the parody battle today that might we'll find out, out. <laughs> yeah. it might bring back yeah so um still
2: anyway, out. that's okay
0: yeah i think i've come like a long way there but i can believe those lies and so i just kind of curious because i think everybody's creative To you know we we are from the creator but how do you maintain or, or cultivate creativity in your life
2: mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think, I think part of it is, is getting an understanding over time of, you know, your, who you are. I think, I think when you can understand who you are, uh, it's, it's a huge part of, uh, of tapping into that creativity. I, I, I don't tend to think in terms of, so for me, I know that I have probably about eight ideas like eight really solid, unique, like ideas that that are really unique to me and and like in your whole I, life I, or like every day. <laughs> yeah, like kind of, kind of, kind of. Well, what I mean is like, like eight core, like go to ideas okay. that it, are probably in my career, and I spend most of my time kind of hiding them so that people don't recognize that it's really just the same idea. You know, it's really just the same thing that, you know, I love, for example, I love watching Jesus walk around in modern day life. I think that's hilarious. And I love the idea of it. So in the early days, like we, I would, we would make these videos with Jesus, you know, walking around with his apprentice in in downtown Chicago. And, you know, over time we would just, you know, have these, have these uh, moments of, you know, of, uh, of, of levity, but it was basically the same idea. So I, I feel like, you know, I've got, I've got, I've got eight ideas and I'm just going to kind of toss them. So, so again, it's in that category of not taking yourself too seriously. It's okay. You don't have to have, you don't have to like stress out and have come up with the thing that no one has ever thought of. You know, because any any songwriter will tell you, I mean, there's only eight notes, you know, there's only so many things you can do with the palette that you have. And so I think I think part of it is just being able to 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 do the work of self exploration to be able to say, yeah, this is what I bring to the table. Uh, And so, yeah, I am going to come up with, you know. One of one of the things we did, you know, throughout the years at community, we would combine on Sunday mornings, we would combine sketches with with music. I mean, musical theater is what I was, you know, trained in. And so while we didn't we did do some like traditional musical theater in church, but we would also take, you know, a pop song and take, you know, pull it apart and put in a sketch here and put in a monologue here. And, you know, that was like a go to idea for me. So like, whenever we were coming up with a topic, and guess what, the topics don't change all that much either year to year, you know, in our environments, it turns out every December, we're going to talk about Christmas. It turns out, in April, we're going to talk about the spring and new life and Jesus is alive. And, and, you know, I mean, so, and, and somewhere in there, we're going to talk about marriages and somewhere in there, we're going to talk about money. Uh, you know, I mean, the, 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 the templates are set, yes. uh, and, um, you know, every now and then maybe every five or six years, some of those templates really get tinkered with and, and just kind of shatter and then get rebuilt. Um, but, uh, you kind of have to be comfortable understanding who you are as a creative and saying, you know, this is who I am. And, and I would also say that, um, teachers in the church pastors in the church need to understand that they are artists too uh this is one of the one of the things that that very early on as i was transitioning from like sort of theater land into like church world that i realized is that um a lot of a lot of you know a lot of pastors don't think of themselves as artists Mm -hmm. and so then when they think that they're saying something it's like well this is the word of god And I'm, this isn't subjective. You can't be subjective about this because this is This isn't even me. And so then when you want to say, you know, Hey, could you make the word of God a little less boring? You know, it's like, (laughs) you know, now I'm in this world where I can't even offer criticism necessarily because you're kind of putting yourself in a place of not, you know, not having the ability to be subjective. And so I think it's a, it's an important reminder you know, for pastors that, that we are all artists and it is, yes. it is all subjective and, and God chooses to work through us even though it's subjective. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, th- I think that's also like, again, in that category of not taking yourself too seriously.
0: Um, so, yeah, it's great. Very good. I, I think so much wisdom there. Let's, self-explore, see who we are. And I heard you say, even the creative people, sometimes they have these boundaries and that's okay. Whether it's the eight things or the templates in life, it, it's, it's, we're, we're all working with a system and especially yeah, as disciples, we tell the same story over and over and over and over again, but know who you are and the role you play in that story and, and do it so well. And that's really cool. So I want to back up and give a little context because uh, some people may not have seen episode four with Dave Ferguson. Well,
1: apparently they're not in Kenya because we're currently number twenty nine in the a- Apple iTunes charts if under Christianity in Kenya. So we'd I like have, to say wow. hujambo,
0: hujambo, hujambo to, to our, our Ken- Kenyan I have, listeners. I have
1: no idea how that happened, but God bless you. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's impressive. That's very yeah. impressive. So you're a world. It's all, hard, it's you hard know, to break be... into the Kenyan market.
1: Uh, yeah. so. We're
2: going to do a show live
1: in season three from Kenya if you want to go. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, I'm in, exactly. I'm in. All
0: right. So on episode four, Chris talked about his dream is basically to do what you do. And, yeah, I you wanna... know, that God's put those gifts in Chris. And I,
1: also, I hope you weren't offended that I sent a resume to your boss uh, <laughs> and said, hey, Eric kind of looked a little pale if something happens with him. Right. Yes. here's my here's my headshots yeah. and my jacket Correct. and flies and things like that. So yeah, I hope you didn't yeah, take the- I
2: thought I thought that the lead pipe with the resume was a little <laughs> little much, but I mean, I understood the sentiment. Thank you. I it's a, a tough. world. you going? Right. Oh, it's, absolutely. You said it
1: yourself. There's not a lot of creative art director jobs <laughs> out there. Okay. I mean, <laughs> no. It's one of no, the positions, my friend.
0: Yeah. There you go. So Dave, <laughs> Dave Ferguson, and, and Eric, they they put our part of this incredible conference called Exponential. It's in many cities, but their big gathering is in Orlando every spring, and it's filled with four or five, almost six thousand church leaders a lot of them church planters that are just there to receive from the lord and so there's some incredible sessions incredible teachings but 100%. the one thing at that that everybody looks forward to is eric's parodies at, at the last day Um, He writes a parody about whoever the Christian speaker or thought leader is that's coming up, and they're very well known, and so everybody in the room knows and laughs, and it's amazing. And he
1: also does funny videos throughout the week,
0: too. and that's what I want to talk about because on episode four – I weaseled my way. Dave Ferguson – promised chris johnson a cameo appearance in one of those videos and so i didn't know yeah. like if you guys want to is there any movement there yeah. uh, do we want to like talk about that at all or game plan together or where are we at with that
2: feeling okay still after this decision? i think well you know dave i mean dave is so ridiculously optimistic i mean you know i yeah, yeah. he's just he's happy all the time so yeah. i mean yeah he's he's ready to go now okay. like you know we'll we'll develop the idea we'll craft yeah. the idea and then i'll go That's to great. dave and i'll say okay here's the idea and he'll say no no who is this again so right. okay i know i know I, and I, what did I, I say would happen I, what did i agree to and then i'll need a, to explain yeah. to him yeah. yeah
0: and maybe uh, he'll remember but, yeah. maybe he won't he might not yeah,
2: maybe he uh, won't. yeah he might not yeah. just say the guy with the sparkly
1: jacket that weasel his way in yeah. maybe yeah i don't know
2: yeah no, the, the the video beforehand is very strategic. Uh, it's very important right. for me because um, if I don't get that opportunity earlier on in the in the uh, conference, right. then I show up at the end and I sing a song to somebody, and it's kind of like, well, who is this guy? And right. so, so yeah, I mean, it's it's very much it's it, and so we're looking to be as shocking as we can, uh, you know, kind of some in your face yeah. uh, comedy. Uh, To really knock people off their rocker Um, in the past, uh, you know, I've I've done some uh, I think there was a hero maker theme. I don't know if you heard about this book that that, that Dave wrote, but I found a a hero maker costume. We made a hero maker costume and I walked around interviewing people looking ridiculous. That was a lot of fun. Um, it was probably in the same color palette as your current outfit. Right? So that's like, I mean, that's a really good sign. As yeah. far as that goes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, th- this year's theme is evangelism. And so I'm sure oh. that we'll be able to, you know, maybe we could, we could set up some, uh, some renegade baptisms, you know, out there, you know, and just try to make sure that everybody gets saved. Yeah, before the they, they come walking into this thing, yeah, yeah, exactly. God, Just sort of...
1: the whole crowd and say in the name yeah. of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you're done. Come on in.
2: Yeah, now you're. Clean. I mean, let's go. Depending on how hot it is, you know, when that's when it really happens hot. in in Florida, I mean, it's like you know you're yeah. marching into hell with squirt guns. So I mean, exactly. that's not that different,
1: right? Uh, right. So
2: yeah, I mean. There's, there's brainstorms to be had, and I'm totally open for it and uh, excited, excited, um, excited to uh, have you make your debut for sure. Oh, This is
1: going to be uh, just really something I'm looking I'm forward to. I'm happy for to- you, buddy. Thank you. That's as soon good. as we got done with the last podcast, here's a little – I'm going to pull the curtain back for a second. Uh, we got done, and Zach goes, you just weaseled your way into Exponential – on this podcast like you literally got Dave to go get Eric in and 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 you got you weaseled your way in and we're driving down the road back to his house in Omaha and he goes I didn't get anything out of it <laughs> I was like no I well- know What do you want, Zach? I mean, what do you need? I mean, you know, he doesn't need anything. Maybe just like, maybe a coupon for yourself. Maybe a coupon to one of those food trucks or something. I
0: don't know. Like, (laughs) all uh, I want is to lift up others. Oh, here we go. By Chris winning, (laughs) I feel like I win. This drive home is
1: going to be even more awkward today.
0: It's So awkward,
1: because I just shut you down. Because now, you, what do you want? Yeah,
0: well, I'll send. I'll send my list right after the show, Eric. I've got about ten points. That if we can hit all ten, that'd be great. <laughs> um,
1: but no, perfect,
0: perfect, Listeners yeah. out there, all I want is for Chris so to sweet. be in his sweet spot. I, you'll probably you, have so.
1: a red letter challenge booth at
0: Exponential. I think we'll probably be there yeah, again. Yeah, so there you go. It's a great opportunity to get the word Give out. Give him
1: ten percent off his booth. He'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, oh. yeah. There are some things that the wacky comedic artists have control over. <laughs> you don't control and, booth sales. Uh, that, it turns out, I don't have a, I don't have a, a line on that. But uh, good luck. All line. right.
0: All right. Okay, so on that note, with Exponential, uh, you you do these parodies, and we talked about that. (sighs) Episode four, we talked about a couple of them, that it went super sideways, which is just super hilarious. So we're going to do our parodies in just a moment, but I do want to ask you this question, because at the end of the day, this is a helpful, (sighs) challenging podcast. I'm ready to go. I know you are, I'm ready to, uh, but the question I have is like legitimately, if you could challenge those that are listening this week, uh, to do one thing to grow as a disciple in uh, their own journey, what would that challenge be that they could do this week?
2: Oh yeah, no, that's good. Um, I've been thinking about this and, um, this is going to sound like not related to any of the things that we've been talking about, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but I really, I, I feel very, very passionately about this. And uh, when it comes to relational health uh, as a disciple, I think that the practice of forgiveness mm. uh, is probably the, the place where we have, we've we worked it out the least. You know, it's like the muscle that has atrophied. Uh, and um, so my encouragement is in the small stuff to practice the extending of forgiveness and the receiving of forgiveness in your daily life in your relational life. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you can connect all the dots to get to, you know, Jesus as being uh, the person who needed, who did not need, you know, uh, any of that and yet chose to forgive, forgive us uh, and did so in just, I mean, the most ultimate way possible. Uh, with the highest stakes. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what happens with us in our discipleship is we sort of forget that because we've already kind of gotten it. So we, we got the, we got the, the card that says we're covered. And so then we mm-hmm. move forward and we don't really practice that uh, in our daily lives. And so, I mean, I think, I think practicing uh, small versions of forgiveness, you know, Any, any habit can be good or a bad habit. And I think if you can develop the good habit of apologizing when you're wrong, and Mm -hmm. not just saying I'm sorry, but saying, will you forgive me and give that person that that opportunity to choose to forgive you. Uh, This is something we taught our kids. Uh, yeah. and so when, when our kids, when we, when we have battles and, and everything gets ugly, it's like, once we're done and everybody's adrenaline has, has settled, it's like, okay, now it's time for apologies. And so we're going to apologize for this and you have to be able to talk about what you did. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not just, I'm sorry that that happened. You know, it's like, well, no, no. Like, what did you actually do? So I think, I think a huge part, yes. Read your Bible. Yes. Pray. Yes, do all those things, but, but get good at apologizing and get good at extending forgiveness to the people that you're closest to, um, and do it in silly ways, do it in ways that don't make sense because what's going to happen is down the road a month from now, something really big is going to happen. And if you don't have (laughs) that habit, Uh if you don't have that developed, you're going to miss it. And, uh, that's how you end up not talking to somebody for 10 years. Uh, and so, um, so anyway, that to me is, yes. is like super, super important. And the thing that I would wish anyone listening to be able to, yeah. to get better at. Wait a
1: second. You, um, Zach and I have been spending a lot of time together. You were just offering some suggestions to not talk to people for 10 years. How old was that again?
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. Use. Yeah. Oh, oh okay.
0: okay. Yeah. So if you do that challenge, listeners, go ahead and put hashtag red letter disciple. If you're extending, practicing forgiveness, even in the small stuff, even in silly ways, whatever it looks like, uh, that that's awesome. And I, I love asking that question because, again, we usually have guests on and, and love to talk about things in their field, in their zone, mm. in their strengths. Um, but then, yeah, you said this is not going to sound like anything else. It's kind of like a 180. I, I'd like to just press in one more question with that. Why is that particular one, the one you brought up today? Is it, is it personal for you? Um, Is it something that you're going, going through?
2: Um, It's just one of these things that has always been close to my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that uh, part of it is, is, um, you know, theaters is probably the most collaborative art. It's, it requires, you know, no one person can do theater by themselves. Even a one person show requires a crew uh, to make lights happen, to make costumes happen, you know? So, so you're constantly in relational uh, proximity and, and you're, you're constantly, and, and we see that in our church environments. Um, and uh, I, I have seen in my own life and my, you know, my parents' lives and some of their relationships. I've seen those gaps happen where it's like years and years of no contact based on a rift or something that, that took place in the past. And I actually have had, uh, the fortune, the blessing of being able to, to be a part of bringing some of those relationships together. Uh, and, uh, when that can happen, when you see the fruit of, of laying down your arms and, and choosing to forgive, uh, yeah, you just kind of want it for everybody. So, um, And, uh, and I definitely have seen it in my, uh, my children, uh, they handle, you know, everyone screws up, everyone loses their cool. Everyone goes nuts. Uh, you know, having a relationship with Jesus doesn't keep you from going nuts. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you can, when you can apologize, when you can receive forgiveness and especially right now, because our, our culture is telling us that there's no room for that. right and and i mean everyone can get on their soapbox about cancel culture i mean i think that there are plenty of appropriate uh you know uh you know ways in which uh you know you can be served some kind of punishment for your wrongdoing and it doesn't and it maybe it is a canceling of you as a as in your in the culture Uh, um either way um yes there should be repercussions there should be you know things that happen as a result of, you know, people's misdeeds. Uh, but that doesn't stop us from being able to still practice forgiveness. You can have, you can practice forgiveness with someone for whom you have lots of boundaries where you're like, I'm not going to get that close to that person because they will hurt me. However, right. I will be free of this and I will forgive uh, right. in order to, to move on. And so, so yeah, That's I mean, awesome. it's just, it's a topic that I love to great, talk about, and that I think is really important.
0: All right, so here we are. We're at the end here. Are you ready for the parody battle, Chris? Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: just wondering... It, who's go you're gonna go first that's what i was gonna ask yeah, you it's, what you well, want it's your show it's your show i'm I know, just a, this I'm is just your a moment so. i'm the eric uh bramlett to okay. your uh, uh dave ferguson here so okay
0: so i think what we want to do is we want to present <clears throat> our parodies to you as best we can
1: and i said we should have backing track but then the whole trademark copyright right. thing so so we're
0: not going to do that but so it's
1: going to be even tougher please remember when you do this at exponential you've got backing tracks you've got a yep. band like Give us yeah. a
2: little grace there, yep. okay? Oh, absolutely. Lots of lots of grace extended, for sure.
0: Okay, right. so I'll go first, and then I'd love your feedback. Maybe don't give the score if we're going to score this yeah. until the end to right, build right. suspense. Um, I'd like to tell you that my parody about you is from the song Hit Me Baby, One More Time. Mm. Um, and so we're, we're freeing Bramlett here today. Mm. Um, but this song, my parody, was inspired by a dream of me going to Exponential Conference and having no Eric Bramlett parody at the end—that um, would be like being in the vicinity of the Grand Canyon but not actually getting ever to see it.
2: Oh, here we—and
0: so that's the the heartbeat behind Oh uh, Bram Bramlett. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go, Chris. You ready for this? You got to beat what I'm about to do here. All right, here we go. Oh Bramlett, Bramlett. Oh Bramlett, Bramlett. Oh, Bramlet, Bramlet, I'm sitting here at Expo, and something isn't right here. Oh, Bramlet, Bramlet, tell me where did you go? I've got to catch my flight, yeah. Show me that Pastor Parody. Tell me, Bramlett, because I need to know now. Oh, because my new church plant is killing me and i i must confess i need your song need
2: your song
0: if you're not here then why should i come give me that song hit me bramlett one more time all right all right
2: wow all right. Oh, that's beautiful that was beautiful
1: yeah. Um, Cheers. before you say any comments about that, um, my parody is, uh, a little bit more masculine. It is, uh, <laughs> shook me all night long by ACDC. I'm going to try my best here.
0: Yeah. That's a tough one without a track. <laughs> here we go
1: he's a parody machine he keeps his monitor clean he's the funniest joker that i've ever seen made fun of francis chan telling me no lies knocking me out with those creative vibes ferguson's blake Steer had me fighting for air exponential told me to come but i'm already there cause the speakers start shaking and old lady was quaking my was aching cause the Chick-fil-A wasn't taken, and Bramlett shook me all day long oh yeah <laughs> Bramlett shook me all day long wow. I did have another one it was working double time on a super parody line he's one of a kind he can rhyme all the time but yeah, there you go there
2: you go wow, wow. <laughs>
1: Ferguson's I blank am. stare had me fighting for air. Come on. Yeah,
2: that's that's, that's some good stuff. That's some good stuff right there. Hey, okay, coach uh, us well, Tell us. Yeah, well, please. I, I let me just say that both of you are doing a great job of what what I think a lot of people miss in parody is that they 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 don't uh fully devote themselves to the scansion of the original song. So I think you you both did a great job with that, you know, you you held on to lyrics that where it made sense to hold on to them, you replace certain words, uh, but you kept the feel and the scansion of the, of the, of the original song. So that I have a serious huge question.
1: Whenever I'm writing a parody, I always do the, the, the beats in the word and I try to make sure that the line has the same amount of beats to like yep. you know yep. okay okay
2: absolutely yeah absolutely yeah you want to keep the same scansion the same number of syllables right uh, as best as as best as possible because yeah. for some reason it triggers it you know I mean that that's like the very first Francis Chan parody that I wrote had that where it's like um, you know back in black hit the sack been so gone I'm glad to be back Mm -hmm. But I said Francis Chan. So now I've already changed it because N instead of AC. So, but Mm -hmm. I have to stick with N through the rest because because ACDC stuck with Ack, you know, through that whole line. So, so it's Francis Chan. He's the man controlling you with giant hands. (laughs) So it's like. It just, it just makes it just makes you laugh, and so 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 yeah. I mean, I think I think both of you did a great job with that, and I don't look at either one of them as being necessarily masculine or feminine. I mean, you you know, fair. that's fair. I mean, you were singing in a register that clearly you're not you know comfortable singing in with ACDC, and you know, I mean, that's yeah. I don't it. know if that's masculine or not, but you nail it, and <laughs> that's all that matters. That's all that matters, baby. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: ah. hey. I, I,
1: my belly was aching because the chick-fil-a wasn't taken was come good. on that was good
0: because that's every church
1: conference. every church conference has chick-fil-a, Chick-fil-A
0: especially at baptist yes. churches you know um
2: and yeah. it's quite a dystopian future that you set up there with uh hit me grandma one more time where you know we're living in some kind of world where this isn't happening and uh right you know, that just that just kind of it's that it's that parody shaped hole in everyone's heart. You know, you don't want that.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So enough enough being nice. Where Let's can uh, we improve? No, no, I don't. Uh, you want to do improve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. All right. All right. It's
0: this this podcast is all about getting better. That's, being true. That's true.
1: All right. Yeah. Any uh, recommendations? Um,
2: no, I think I think with with a rewrite, with another another round. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that that st- both of you in the choruses probably had almost too many lyrics that were exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So as the original yeah. song, mm-hmm. so yeah. I would say, like probably over time, you might look at you know, uh, shook me all night long is like okay, brand, you know, is there another is there another phrase there in the second chorus, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Hit me, baby, one more time. It's like you know, there 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 might. Um, there might be some places there, uh, okay. but uh, but yeah, I mean, I th- I think for 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 what we're doing here on 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 the podcast, I think this is this is gold. This is, okay. is with a stuff.
0: little expectation that so, I had. I think is what he's saying. Yeah,
2: so yeah. No, take. I I mean
1: that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, all right, so you have to pick a winner. Is it uh, shook <laughs> me? Is it Bramlett shook me all day long, or is it hit me Bramlet one more time?
2: Mm. Oh, Come on. gosh.
1: Come on, Simon, Cal.
2: Yeah, this is tough. This is, I mean, this is like Sophie's choice really. here. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't. I, don't. <laughs> I
1: mean, it's even be, being nice, but that's cool.
2: I think I got to give it to,
1: uh,
2: I got to give it to Chris. No.
1: Thank you. Thank and, you. Good job. And, <sighs> good job.
2: And there's... And Zach, I mean, it is such a close second. We're done here. I mean, <laughs> you are you are the first loser. There's no doubt about it. Like yeah. Jerry Seinfeld said, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the commitment to the voice. I think you know because this How isn't be just off. the words. This is the okay. you know. This mm-hmm. is this is. uh the whole thing—it's—it's it's a holistic experience. And so, I'm just
1: surprised you went after Britney Spears. That's kind of my thing. Well, like no. I, I did homage with my ACDC song. Mm-hmm. Right, you right. know, yeah. Uh, yeah. well, you got
0: to trick, risks, and you know, some risks pay off, and yours did, and mine didn't. Right. And I'm going to work on. Uh, My life, (laughs) uh, my parody writing, my voice. Listen, I think you're going to come back. I think you're better than ever. So anyway,
2: oh, there's no doubt. No doubt.
0: This was awesome. Eric, thanks for the craziness and the fun. That was awesome. Time on your uh, on your trip away. Uh, Hey, if people want to connect with you or find you, where can where can they do so?
2: Sure. Uh, So um, you can find. There's probably something with me around community's website, uh, which is communitychristian.org. Uh, you can, uh, I, I have a Twitter account at uh, at Bill Shazar, which is uh, B-I-L-S-H-A-Z-Z-A-R. And Bill Shazar, of course, is Community Christian's uh, mascot. It's a he's a plastic wise man, and so that's that, um. In the early days of Twitter, I thought it would be fun to just be Bill Shazar. Uh, so that's. And now that's you're stuck
1: my, with it. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm
2: stuck with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And find me on Facebook. Uh, you know, find me on Instagram. I did. Uh, yeah. you know, he's Facebook friend. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What, whenever, wherever.
0: Cool. And he is not, if you Google the Austin, Texas real estate Eric Bramlett. I saw that. That's guy.
2: true. There are two Eric Bramlets in this world and the internet, and I am the other one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if yeah, don't go hey. searching for him and buy property in Texas. That's I, all I'm saying. I know
0: what it's like to be the other one. I've recently just been offended and told you weren't as good. Yeah. As, you know, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So you know. You I know understand. what it's like. Eric, he gets it. You rock, dude. Thanks for Thanks, being man. with us. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited hey, to see whatever comes from you guys' Cameo <laughs> video, whatever, <laughs> oh, whatever. Wow. So thank you so much. Be blessings, bro. Good to be epic.
2: All right. Thank you guys. Take care. Perfect.
0: Thank you for coming on the show. I do forgive you as well for choosing Chris, but hey, I'm happy for Chris, right? The guy needs a win and he got one today. So good for him. Hey, I appreciate Eric's words so much today. And if you want to connect with him or any of the resources we mentioned, grab the show notes at redletterpodcast.com. I also want to thank our sponsor today. It was Red Letter Living and our resource Forgiving challenge. Uh, we would love to team up with you and your church for a 40-day challenge all about learning God's forgiveness and freedom. So you can go to forgivingchallenge.com to find out more about that resource. And again, pastors, that offer's on the table. If you'd like a free copy mailed to you, this is for all USA. If you want a free cap- copy, pastors, of forgiving challenge mailed to you, just email our team, hello at redletterchallenge.com, and that would be our pleasure to give that gift to you. Next week, we got a guest coming to the show. His name is Chesley Lundy. He is a co-founder of the Digital Church Network. And so I'm excited to talk to Chesley about what our opportunities are as disciples of Jesus in a digital world online uh, to help us see what's out there already that the everyday disciples may already be consuming. And also like, what do we make of the metaverse? Maybe some of us know more than others about it. It's coming. What is it? And, and, and in some ways, like how can we get ready and prepare so for the metaverse? So next week's going to be a really awesome episode. Subscribe and follow on whatever platform you are subscribing or following. Just hit that button, that that like, that subscribe, whatever it might be, so that next week it can show up automatically. Because we're coming back week after week with The Red Letter Disciple.
2: A Media Production.